0: It's Tuesday, October 11th. Welcome to Market Foolsery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker and Bill Mann. Happy Tuesday, gents. How Thank are you? Ya?
1: And for everyone else, I guess it feels like Monday, but we were
0: we were on yesterday. We were hard at work yesterday. Hard at work. That's an overstatement. We were working yesterday, but yeah. I, I, I'll just speak for myself. I wasn't hard at work. You kind of mailed it in. I didn't mail it in, but I I got here a little. People late. could tell. <laughs> actually, you're right. People listening to yesterday's episode, who listened to yesterday's episode, they're just nodding along, like, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah, totally. oh, yeah. <laughs> that, an- that thing with Jason Moser and Taylor Muckerman, yeah, they phoned that thing. Did
1: you know. get a, get any comments about that? Did I, you guys just roll boggle dice and, and try and make stock tickers? Here, here's, out of them?
0: here's what we got: some comments about we got some comments about the fact that the wrong audio file was loaded into the iTunes. Did you well, do really? The,
1: that's somebody else sleeping on the job, not you. Did you I, guess. That me, I you know? Did you do a one minute episode again?
0: Um, we advance Advertently published a one-minute episode, <laughs> and quickly rectified that situation by publishing the actual episode, which was four minutes.
2: And yet, we're going to do an even worse job today <laughs> judging exactly.
0: from the all of this minutes. is just stalling the inevitable. Well, that was a great first minute. I think we're, I think that's enough, everybody. I think we're done. Did
1: we get to hello before we got derailed?
0: I don't even know if I. So hello. It. Let's just move on. Hello. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. Um, we're going to talk about Samsung, which we touched on yesterday, but uh, uh, the the stock bears further commentary. Um, earnings season is officially underway. Alcoa reported this morning before the opening bell a disappointing third quarter. The stock down ten percent. That actually pales in comparison to biotech company Illumina. Which cut its revenue revenue guidance for the third quarter. So this isn't their earnings report; they're just warning just how bad their third quarter revenue is going to look. And the stock is down twenty six percent this morning. Yeah, how? I'm sorry. How bad a cut was this? This it, uh, I, it, without it, looking at any of the numbers, I'm tempted to say this is an well, over. There's some good news for you. Yeah, I I'm tempted to say this is an overreaction. Well, um
1: you've got to remember that with any stock, there are expectations built in. And the expectations that were built into a Luminous stock price going in were massive. They had so much to live, to live up to. You know, it's, just, you know, it's the same as anything else. When, when much is expected of you, then any little miss is amplified. You know, I'm actually more surprised that Alcoa is down 10 percent because they missed by just a little bit in an environment in which aluminum prices and we are actually talking about alumina and aluminum at the same time. I will point out, which is well done. Uh, you know, have been so soft that I'm actually I'm I'm actually much more surprised. Uh, you know, the stock reaction for Alcoa than I would be for aluminum because any they are the stock price for them has miracles built into it luminous yeah well 26 percent fewer miracles now than it did say this morning but yeah I mean honestly and and some companies I mean honestly you know even as people who consider ourselves to be value you know value driven we'll buy companies like that that have miracles built in if we think that the miracles are understated but you know and in, in this case yeah you know,
2: when you get compounded growth look it's always hard to uh, value hypergrowth, and yeah. maybe Illumina is not quite at hypergrowth uh, stages anymore. But it's being cut on its guidance from a fourteen percent expected growth for this quarter down to a ten percent, and then probably more importantly for next quarter, uh, flat to slightly up sequentially from from this quarter. And so, uh, when you imagine that uh, chart where something is moving uh, to the right and up. Uh, it now looks more like it's moving to the right and flat. yeah, and those and, and, and oh, that sorry. that up part, the undiscovered country of a, of a stock's future, uh, almost always looks really rosy. and the near term now is uh, yeah, uh, a lot less growth yeah. in in the very short term. it doesn't really change the long term for the company, but it makes the uh, it makes the starting point for that future growth, um, you know, more in the future than than the present.
1: I think the thing about Illumina is that it is that they are believed to have such an advantage over, you know, that they have such a lead that it's not so much you're talking about a hyper growth company that it's a company that you could conceivably make the argument that their competitive advantage period is 15 years long, which in that type of business is, you know, is is pretty astounding. So yeah, I mean, it, Show me a company that has has ever had a hyper growth period. That inflection point when it starts to slow down, the stocks get hit every single time because people are never expecting it. They just aren't.
2: Also, this is a company that. Uh, all right, you sent around an article a couple of months ago. Uh, the title of which was, "What It's Like to Be the CEO of the Smartest Company." in the world or in the market or something like that. Yeah,
1: universe maybe, but right.
2: Yeah. And and so it okay, that's just a headline, but that's one of the parameters by which some people were judging this company. This company is just doing smarter stuff than anybody. Yeah. And today it looks like, oh, they look more like other companies than off in their
0: own separate world so any advantage that was afforded them by the market anything that was there you know to your point they are 15 years ahead of everybody else any pumping of the brakes yeah just leads to something like this yeah exactly
2: Well, you know, I mean, there's real earnings, there's real sales, there's there's a real business here. This is not some biotech with only one shot at a big pot of gold at the end, and we don't know whether their drug will get through stage three, et cetera. Uh, That said, this this so there's measuring that you can do on traditional uh, metrics and the the price to earnings about forty seven. Uh, even after this 25% decline, I mean, yeah. there—it's it, not like the the hockey stick uh, appearance of earnings growth is the only uh, scenario that you can imagine anymore.
0: Shares of Samsung down eight percent today after the company killed the Galaxy Note 7. That so
1: deeply understates (laughs) what's happened.
0: I was going to say, so I I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, uh, I was talking about the event we had in Boston, and it was my first time on a plane since the FAA had issued the the new regulation that before every flight, they need to make the announcement, oh, and by the way, if you've got a Samsung Galaxy Note 7, turn it off and throw it out the window, because we don't want anything to blow up. wrap it up. And I (laughs) I made the comment that this is like an attack ad on Samsung,
1: as
0: (laughs) as though Apple and Google funded it, but they didn't. It was mandated by the U.S. (laughs) government. And I also made the comment that I think this is going to help Google. More than Apple, just because I think that if you're someone who's inclined to an Android phone, then maybe you're going to give the Google Pixel a new look, and it shows what I know because shares of Apple up today and hitting their highest point in 2016 because you've got analysts coming out and saying no, they're they're going to benefit too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. and and I mean Google's got a lot more uh, business going on uh, than than phones, and so this uh, Apple's iPhone sales are a much bigger chunk of their total business than than for that's Google.
1: Right. Google's so, Google's phones could triple in sales and it's not not I don't want to say it's not meaningful to them but you know. We go back to Samsung for a second. Right now the Samsung the Galaxy 7 is on the same list as hoverboards, right? Like <laughs> right things things that catch on fire when you don't want them to. And uh,
0: that's that that is nearly amazing bad. So, Illumina down 26%, you're not surprised. You're more surprised at Alcoa down 10%. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're the most surprised that Samsung only dropped 8%. Yeah. Well, but the flip side of that is Samsung's massive that is 17 billion
1: dollars, right? And their Galaxy 7, the revenues that they were going to the the sales, I would say, you know, for the Galaxy 7, not that much more than 17 billion, you know, over the course of you know of, of of this year, I'm guessing. Um but uh yeah, they've lost a you know, as the company that is trying to catch up with the leader, this is an almost inexcusable, you know, what is a disaster of a problem for them.
2: Yeah, I don't know how many different brands this kills. Um, that is, I I don't find the gal- uh, follow the Galaxy line particularly closely. Uh, so is is are we never going to see another Galaxy Note or another Galaxy? I, I would think you would be thinking through what is it that follows this that in no way reminds people of of that phone that used to explode on them. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and let's play this forward a little bit. If you're Samsung. And some point in the next six to twelve months, you're planning. You were planning on unveiling the Galaxy Note eight. That's nope, off nope, the table. No. Nope, nope. So, but you're going to unveil
2: eight is not a significant enough rebrand of seven. No. Right. So,
0: they could go with the Amazon Fire. I mean. <laughs> so now they have to come out with a new phone. We
2: weren't serious. That would have been funny if that thing had kept catching on fire.
0: Yeah. That oh, would have weird. been some good jokes. But <laughs> Samsung's going to come out with a new phone at some point. Yeah. And don't they almost have to, at the event, say, "Oh, and by the way, we promise this thing is not going to catch on fire." Ooh, I, I don't that know. That seems I mean, like
1: that seems like bad branding to me. I think you just move on. Uh,
2: this is part of the great history of Samsung products.
0: Uh, fine. They're not planning not to say that. It's not the Galaxy. That, but it's universe. If you're a tech the, reporter. You're Bo- you're absolutely asking this question. Okay, oh, yeah. that's fine. The, it has all these new bells and we, whistles. We've got Talk about how fireproof it is. We've got a
2: different battery supplier, and yeah. you know all that. And Boeing
1: then, doesn't come out and mention that. By the way, the Dreamliner never never catches on fire anymore. You remember that the GSUOSA batteries, you know, in the uh, the Boeing seven eight seven. Yeah, but
0: that's that's not an apples to apples comparison. They're not. People aren't. They're, they're, it seems bigger to me, a plane catching on fire? It is bigger, but think about who are the customers. The customers, Boeing doesn't have tens of millions of customers. They're not, they are, argue, I would argue, a B2B company. So, yes, that is an issue for them, but they just have to convince a much, 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 much smaller number of people that this new plane is safe. Hey, I'm booking a flight. Am I going to get on the 787? I'm just saying Samsung's got a big, well, <laughs> got,
1: they got a big you know what?
2: Let's, the crisis management firms are, are <laughs> licking their chops.
0: Sir. Yeah. Let's 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 hop in Doc Brown's DeLorean. Let's go to the future Samsung event and I'll bet you coffee that it's, part it's, of that story is going to be This one doesn't catch on fire. This one doesn't catch it's, on fire. It's not
2: named a note. Is it
0: named a galaxy? Uh, no, no. Are it gets it gets a whole new whole name. New brand. But part of the story is whether or not this thing catches on fire. Whether or not the FAA has to issue a statement. If you're the FAA, now you got to go out and buy one of these things and test it. What an
1: utter disaster. It is. It is. Yeah, the bench test for that is, does this catch on fire
0: in various scenarios? Yeah, yeah. on the other
2: hand, easy act to follow. <laughs> That's
0: right, exactly. <laughs> the greatest thing <laughs> in life. Easy act to follow. Uh, Bill Barker, last time you were in the studio, uh, one of the things you mentioned was the uh, latest Forbes report on Donald Trump's net worth, and uh, Donald Trump uh, dipping his toes in the investing waters once again in the most <laughs> recent debate by invoking the name of Warren Buffett and talking about Buffett, I guess skipping out on taxes and and Warren Buffett decided to come out with a little statement of his own? He was loaded for bear, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I mean, and it was shooting fish in a barrel, if we're going to extend that metaphor. Uh, because, shooting bear in a barrel? Let's <laughs> I go. Mean, I, it's
1: a
0: big all barrel. Right.
2: Donald Trump likes to make things up at the spur of the moment, right? And it, there was, I think, probably everybody wondered, what to what is he referring? And being Donald Trump, he was just stringing words together in, in the debate.
0: <laughs> the best <laughs> words.
2: The best words. The biggest names. the Buffett, the Soros. Uh, oh, hey, we're, we're gonna, gonna be- get sued. Oh, <laughs> nobody listens to this podcast. Okay, no, no, right. We're fine. Uh, I don't think even his biggest supporters would argue that he just strings words together at times, would they?
0: At times. But get back to Buffett.
2: And one of these words was Buffett, who happens to be more in control of the facts regarding his life than, say, Donald Trump, despite what Donald Trump might claim about his omniscience. So Trump, once again, you know, in, get sued. invoked that's right. You accuse me of not being omniscient, and I have <laughs> sustained billions of dollars of damage by that false accusation. Bring it on, Donald. Bring it on. I'll send you my address. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so he, he said that Buffett uh, had made the same sorts of deductions as as Trump had, although Trump hasn't specified what deductions he actually made. So it's a little hard, but uh, um, no. But the answer that, that Warren Buffett is aware of uh, and and can prove and, and declare is that he has paid taxes every year for the past sixty six years. I think it was, and he you know set forth the exact dollar amount. Of his deductions, his his net income for last year, his deductions, his total amount of tax paid. You read all these numbers, and you say, "Well, that's a fair amount of tax." And you know, uh, uh, by the way, he um, Gave, made yeah, charitable yeah. contributions last year of two point six billion dollars, almost all of which was not deducted; it was not used as deductions against his income. So even though. Uh, he only made, and most of Warren Buffett's wealth is tied up in the value of his Berkshire Hathaway shares, which he doesn't sell, so he doesn't get huge amounts of income in a year. I think he had it was eleven <laughs> and a half million dollars, but compared to like the total amount of, of his wealth, right, huge compared year, to us, his his wealth doesn't increase as much through. Net, you know, income in a year as as investments. Anyway, uh, you know, he didn't try to zero out his income for the year through strategic uh, charitable deductions. He made gigantic charitable deductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't come out and you know talk he's about that. He doesn't. I mean, the
1: actuarial table suggests that he doesn't have enough time to make the charitable deductions at a way in a way to be tax efficient.
2: I mean, the actuarial tables would conclude that he's already. You know, left us given he's, he's his playing eating with, habits, playing into, with money. <laughs> given what we know about his his declared uh, nutritional intake. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's great that he's uh, defeating the actuaries on this one. Yes.
0: yes, yeah. When when Warren Buffett finally departs this earth. I mean, I know this isn't going to happen, but it would be pretty amazing if there was some sort of, some sort of autopsy, and the doctors were like, "Oh, yeah, no, he he was actually a metahuman. <laughs> like that's how he was able to drink cherry coke, that's you true. know, five times a day, and, and go to Dairy Queen all the time. It's like, oh yeah, no, no, if he ate healthy, well, he'd, yeah. he'd live to 190." <laughs> He's By like, the way,
2: he's like secretariat, you know. Yeah. And they, oh, oh, well, the heart is five times the size of an average heart. I guess that's why. That's yeah. you why, know, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Helpful. Uh, whether you're an attorney uh, in the employ of Donald Trump or just an investor and you want to get in touch with Bill Barker, <laughs> you can go to FoolFunds.com. And really, the reason to do that is to sign up for Declarations, which is the fantastic free monthly newsletter that Bill Mann, Bill Barker, and the team at Fool Funds put together. Every month. Our email address, just for listeners, not for attorneys, is marketfulery at from Jason Bowens, who writes I'm a freshman in college and I've been listening to your podcast every week for my accounting class. Thank you, Jason. By the well, way, today must have
1: been super helpful.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we apologize for wasting your time. By the way, um, if you're a college student and you ever drop us an email, which we, we, we love, we love emails, tell us where you go to school. We always, we're always interested in where you go to school. Particularly the mascot. What do you, you got? The, uh, the the UND. You got I, the, I you, can't even talk about their mascot anymore. The University of North uh, North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. They just lost their mascot because of the big.
1: Uh, they were sued by the NCAA to get rid of the Fighting Sioux.
0: Oh, so do they have something? Do they have something made up now, or are they they in flux? Wait, know. why were they
2: sued? Oh, it's, I mean, there are a number of other
0: uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the NCAA, do you need I mean, No, but has
2: the NCAA gone after all Native American uh, No, but there was not even there, mascot the right word here?
0: Yeah.
1: There was one group of, of uh, the members of the Sioux Nation who did not accede to having them continue with the name, and that was enough. So, yes, I'm rocking the University of North Dakota somethings.
0: Today. Shout out to North Dakota. Yeah. All right. Back to Jason's email. Recently, you've received questions from younger people looking to invest. I'm in the same boat and have no idea where to start. I have around $10,000 sitting in a savings account collecting little to no interest at all. I There's feel, a start. I, yes, absolutely. I feel it can be put to better use. You're right. And someday be able to pay, help pay off my student loans. What do you recommend that I do with this money? Uh, would it be best to invest it or keep it in savings it would be great to hear from a few experts as yourselves on this topic thank you for So your we'll time. get those in tomorrow. Right. We'll yeah. get the experts in the <laughs> studio tomorrow but in the meantime we've got Bill Mann and Bill Barker. Um, I mean I think uh, I think if he's as we always say if you're if this is money you're looking to access in the next you know 3 to 5 years you want to you know the market anything can happen in the market in in that amount of time so if you're looking to tap it in the next three to four years, then yeah. you're looking at probably like I don't know, rolling it over in a twelve-month CD or something like it that. It sounds but as if he's talking about
1: money that he has free and clear. That's not money that he's using to pay for college with. So he's taking on student loans, which I mean, pretty much everyone who's in college is. But it sounds like you're talking about money that's 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 free and clear. Um, I would go out. I'd go and buy a stock, buy a stock, right? Like here's the here's the most important thing about uh, uh, about Jason. He's a college freshman. He has you know just like we've talked about the actuarial table, how Warren Buffett has won. He's truly won. I mean you know Jason, you've got you know you you've got sixty years of earning potential in front of you. You've got. You you basically although ten thousand dollars and congratulations for you know for for developing that nest egg you are by the way ahead of many people in this country who are fifty years of age with that you know with that amount of money saved up, um, you know go and buy a stock just you know set up a online brokerage account do it as cheaply as you can and have you know have fun you know starting on the uh, start starting of the, on the road of learning about businesses. I'll I'll
2: uh. Take issue with just the uh, keeping it to one stock. That is, I think, a uh, higher volatility there, and and I we don't know, and we're not giving specific advice for anybody because, of course, we can't. We can't. We can't. We yeah. can't. Much as we'd like to. Yeah. Uh, but like to you know, you you'll learn advice. more. <laughs> you'll learn more from having more stocks to follow. And I think really. The best thing that you can get out of this uh, is to learn about your own uh, tolerance uh, for volatility, for risk, and um, also to learn a, a bit about some companies that you follow. And you follow more when you own them than when you think about owning them. So it's an opportunity to learn about a number of, of companies that over, you know, the course of time. It does sound like the money is going to be needed at some point. We don't know when, uh, but. I would just say, $10,000, you could easily a discount broker, pay almost no commissions, 10 stocks, 5, 8, whatever you want to put in there. Um, Gives you a little bit more security and a little bit more opportunity. A Few more teams to to follow. Education, yeah. Educate yourself.
1: I would agree with that. I guess my point was that you do want to limit your costs. So going out and buying a forty-stock portfolio with ten thousand dollars, you're going to lose your your principal. Even at a discount broker, is going to get eaten up a little bit.
2: Throw in you know thousand dollars to a an index fund, and you know you'll see exactly how each thing does against the index fund uh, over the course of time. If you're buying everything on the same day, then you'll you'll know. Hey. This is where the, the victories and relative defeats uh, of you know, the individual stocks uh, are measured against the market.
0: And I'll just add, the better you know a company's business, the better you're going to sleep at night. Because you won't be wondering, ah, oh, what, what are they doing? How, how are they making money? You yeah. know, that sort of thing. The, you know, like, the more you understand, uh, the, the better you're going to feel about the money that you've invested. What yeah. company
2: do you think you know the best of what you own?
1: Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Oh, I don't know. Starbucks.
2: Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. yeah.
1: yeah. I, I'd say that's true. Because you
2: check up on them. You used to check up on them a couple of times a day. Right. Now. Not anymore. We got that Dunkin' Donuts close by, and you've you've really
0: yep. You've, you've completely you've <laughs> abandoned Starbucks. I almost. Haven't, I haven't completely abandoned them, but same store sales have dropped.
2: <laughs> so I listened to that podcast that you were um, promoting. The Howard, week, the Howard Schultz with interview with Alec
0: Baldwin on uh, Here's the Thing. And WMAC. I didn't even know
2: that Alec Baldwin had his own podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy the interview? I enjoyed the interview. Uh, we did. I did learn yeah. stuff about Howard Schultz. Uh, yeah.
0: Inter- you, interesting cat.
1: So
2: yeah. you, you can promote that
1: again.
0: Uh, yeah. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already, you <laughs> I know, did. there are only so many times. First of all, it's WNYC, it's Alec Baldwin. They don't need my help promoting that podcast. They're doing just well, fine. Now we're talking about it. People are gonna have to like. What's it called again? Uh, we're gonna, here's the thing, and here's that's the all thing. the time we have. Bill Mann, Bill Barker, thanks for being here, guys.
2: I figure if he, we promote him a little bit more, maybe he'll start promoting you. Oh, there's there is zero
0: chance of that happening. Zero? Are you like enemies with him or something? Come on, 02 percent. Uh, no, 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 we're not enemies. Alec Baldwin has no idea. Not He's only too this, much of a big shot to listen no to your idea podcast. Who I am who you are. Who. Bill Mann is. He probably doesn't know what The Motley Fool is. No. I, I think you're He's selling yourself a- short. I'm a tremendous slouch. Yeah. <laughs> As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market forward The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.